This is Developer's Journey. My name is Tim Bourguignon. Thanks for joining. Hey, hello everyone. Tonight I have a fellow Frenchman on the line, Damien Bouffis. Hi, Damien. Hi, Tim. Hi. Um, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, you and I met a few weeks ago at the Encrafts uh, conference. Yeah. Um, I was in Paris, um, which is your uh, hometown, right? Yep. Right. Um, and we talked at the uh, at the booth of uh, the company you 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 work for um, about many things, among others about testing and about craftsmanship, which are the two topics I would like to uh, to jump on with you uh, today. But before we do that, maybe um, do you want to present yourself? Give a bit more information about yourself. Okay. Um, so, well, I'm a software developer at a French company called Octo Technology. And uh, we we have some teams. We call it tribes, and we have a, a tribe uh, which is called uh, soft, which is for software craftsmanship. And we we are maybe 15 people uh, around this uh, subject, this topic, because we think there is bad code everywhere, and we want to make better places with mm-hmm. better code and some. Coaching, tech leading, the development, teaching, whatever. So, um, my job at Octo Technology is kind of those topics. So, coach, I'm a software craftsmanship coach. I'm a kind of a teacher. And uh, most of it, I'm a tech leader and a software developer. So, mm-hmm. and I'm currently working. Uh, for the French government, a big we- a big website of the French government mm-hmm. since the last four months. Okay, so if I understood uh, right, you're you're a consultant for mm-hmm. this uh, company Octo Technology, and you're now consulting for the for the government. Yep, and, sure. And um, those tribes are some kind of internal um, teams inside of Octo to uh, to organize yourself and learn and uh, and progress on your um, on your journey, right? Exactly, that's right. Okay, cool, cool. Um, do you want to tell us more about this um, gig you're in right now? Yep, sure. Um, so, well, I'm um, s- since the last four months, I'm the tech lead of the of a big software development team, a big software development team because we are eleven people. So uh, this is a double pizza team, <laughs> but we're still uh, the same team uh, with just one single team. And uh, when I, when I arrived, the software had had already one year, and my main job, I, hmm, how to explain? The delivery manager called me four months ago and told me, "Hey, uh, Damien, do you search for a mission? Oh yeah, why not? Okay, and because uh, we we want the current tech lead want to leave because." He wants to change his mind, uh, change uh, the subject because uh, it's for one year. He's working for this on the same mission, and uh, I think uh, there is some kind of issue with the tests, uh, with the continuous integration, with the, with the guy. I, I don't know what exactly, but but I think there is some kind of issues and. Each iteration, uh, iteration after iteration, we have more bugs. After all, so it's not quite, it's not quite fun. Uh, just after one year, 
Okay. When so, a manager when a manager tells you that, uh, you have to be very brave to to yeah, look at. Uh, first of it, I, I, I thought it was a trap. Okay. Um, I didn't know if it, it was a um, I don't know how to say a real project or uh, a smart project or it was it scam or something. But I went I went to this project and I. I saw the pains because uh, there there was many difficulties about uh, continuous integration, red builds, random tests, and uh, when I arrived the first two weeks, I heard a lot of people saying, "Oh, the build is red. Oh, okay, try to relaunch it, and it should be okay. Maybe." Or, oh, is it uh, read three times in a row? Okay, there is maybe a problem. We should look at it. But, you know, uh, it's always read and we received too much email from Jenkins. So I trashed it all. It's kind of complicated. So I arrived on this team and I know there was something wrong about the tests or about... Mm -hmm. About something I didn't know exactly because most of the team was there since for for the last year, and I just arrived for two weeks. I couldn't go and and tell them, "Hey, do not do this or do not do that," because I I just don't know their context. I don't just don't know their pains, their the stress, or many many things. So my first action uh, with this team was to to create some kind of a workshop for two hours about the tests and uh, about the pains and the pride about the tests. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't want to speak technique or just software, but just pains and what kind of pains they have today. So it was the four, four months ago. And that was like uh, the randomness of tests, um, the build, which is very long, too long. Um, the non the people who are not non-confident about it. Mm -hmm. But when the test was okay, was green and was right, it's, they were pride to do some refactoring. They were confident. Uh, they were happy <laughs> and mm -hmm. they they could uh, speak with the product owner to to tell okay this part is okay we can guarantee it because of the test but this part we can guarantee nothing and i after this workshop about pains and prides uh, we've done just in the same workshop, we've talked about the, the test and the vocabulary. Vocabulary. Uh, so the different kind of tests. Mm -hmm. Because after all the discussions, I saw, I heard that many, um, many, many types of tests, many kinds of tests were not uh, common between people in the, in the team. I explained myself. For example, for, for for a guy, a unit test was just a test with Java, Mokito, and so on. And for another guy, a unit test was a 
could be a GUI test, uh, but uh, just to check one behavior that we with the Selenium and so on. So we had some kind of an issue about the vocabulary. Mm-hmm. The in the workshop we we put it down and we all the team we was like a brainstorm. It was like okay, uh, which kind of test do we have in the code and how can uh, I and how can I uh, classify them in the code? Mm-hmm. So today together I was I was just like a, a coach or an animator because mm-hmm. I didn't have my I didn't want to put my advices for the team right now. I just want the team to think just to to let let the keyboard and uh, let the software just for two hours and think think about the software, think about the code, think about the tests. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we split three three main categories of tests: so mm-hmm. unit tests, uh, integration tests, and uh, GUI tests. And we we extract some code to um, documentate those tests and explain: okay, how can I find a unit test in my code? How can I uh, how can I um, uh, how, how can I find an integration test? Okay, how can I classify those tests in my code? And after that, we I introduce them the the concept of uh, the test pyramid. Um, the test pyramid is a is a model uh, wrote by Mike Cohn in two thousand nine. Um, the main purpose of this model of this pyramid is to have more unit tests than uh, more, than integration tests than uh, GUI tests than manual tests okay, why so you have, because you have the unit test at the bottom and then the integration yep. test in the middle and the GUI test yep. at the top right yep that's right mm-hmm. and um, we want uh, to have in the the best world, <laughs> we want to have between uh, seventy and eighty percent of unit tests, and between ten and thirty percent of integration tests, and below ten percent of GUI tests, and okay. just a few manual tests. Because you still have some manual tests of security, sometimes performance, sometimes uh, about. Um, business cases which are very specific mm-hmm. and which could could not be automatic, um, pro- programmatically uh, wrote written. Mm-hmm. So I um, introduced then the pyramid model, and after that, after um, classified the classifying the different kind of tests and uh, how to find it in the code. I wrote a little script in a bash uh, with uh, some ca- with uh, some uh, fine grep said uh, wh- whatever which is in, in my GitHub account and which allows me to calculate the pyramid. Um, is, so the number of tests and the, the pyramid in my in the project without any sonar or whatever, it's just scripting uh, 
It took me just one hour and it permits me to see, to have facts about uh, the test and the code and, and just and not just feelings. So four months ago, we had about 20% of unit tests, um, 50% of integration tests and 30% of uh, GUI tests. Oh, so the pyramid was not really a pyramid, but uh, more than uh, more like a spaceship. Uh, <laughs> not, not really the ice cream cone. Uh, not really the inverted pyramid. But we are like a UFO. Okay. Um, not not a quite good pyramid. And the pains the pains uh, the team has shared have shared was the. Um, Hmm. We we could uh, um, we could see the pain with the pyramid with the, the, the spaceship because uh, the build was too long, too random, and there there was so not so much unit tests in uh, in the project. Um, it was it was just percentage um, to have more factual values. We we had. So after one year of software development, we we had only two uh, two hundred and fifty unit tests, and about seven hundred integration tests and four hundred GUI tests. So it was kind of difficult to add new to add new features and to update a previous feature without breaking anything or without breaking uh, multiple tests, because if you change one behavior in the code. Um, if you have if you have a good unit test coverage, if you change one behavior in the code, you should have one unit test which failed, just mm-hmm. one. But if your coverage is uh, only about uh, GUI test or integration test, if you change uh, just one uh, behavior in the code, there are multiple tests, multiple tests there which will be failing because um, integration tests and GUI tests are like a scam, just an illusion of safety. Um, but we can ask ourselves a question. It's why why a software development team put so much energy, so much effort in, in GUI tests, in integration tests and not in unit tests because they all shared the, the fact that, okay, unit tests are so great, are so so quick, so reliable, efficient, but why why we, why we you didn't do that? Why you didn't wrote any unit test, but uh, just uh, integration test or um, or GUI test? Indeed. I hope you have an answer for it. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, because it's... So most of the time, um, you, you you should write people write GUI tests or integration tests. Uh, it could be for two main reasons, I think, because you're working on a legacy code, so you sometimes don't have the 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 power the the you could not have easily unit tests because because of the poor code because of static things or poor dependency or non non dependency uh, injection 
just legacy code. So you have to characterize your code be, with um, with uh, an upper test, so a GUI test or an entry version test. And then you can add uh, a few unit tests after just uh, fixing your behavior or just adding new features. But in my case, it was not so uh, legacy code because it was new project uh, just one year ago. And they wrote GUI tests a lot because it was easy. Because your code don't have to be well designed, it don't have to be testable, solid. It's easy to write a GUI test. You just write your feature, you just check, oh, okay, it's, it's kind of good. Oh yeah, I should refactor it, but now it's a, I don't want to refactor it because I don't have uh, any feedback. I don't know if I could break anything. So I just put it there and just don't touch and we'll put some tests which uh, one test we, we, which will um, use all the layers, so all of the, the model view layers, so the model view control layers, the service layers, the database layer, so on. So it's kind of an illusion of safety because, yeah, your test is green, but you just checked maybe one behavior, maybe two behaviors, but it's not enough and start when the the project started it was really quick i think you had you add the one one gui test okay it's uh, just five seconds oh yeah it's quite quick and uh, a few months later oh the build is now five minutes and a few months later oh the bill is now 20 minutes oh nice <laughs> and and then oh some tests are uh, uh, are, are breaked. Uh, oh, there is timeout. Why? But when a GUI test or an integration test failed, you don't know where to find the, the regression in the code. You know what behavior is broken. Mm -hmm. um, for example, you have a, a, a test, which um, a GUI test or integration test, which test the, the login or the subscription of, a, of an user on your website. Um, if this test is broken, you know there is a problem with the user subscription. But you don't know if uh, the issue is with the details or with uh, some kinds of business rules. All yeah. of it, um, you, you don't know the location of the regression. Unit test or with a unit test, you will you will have a, a feedback about the localization. You have the line of code or the block of code, which is which is in the issue, but you don't know really well with unit test. You don't know really well the the big big feature which will be impacted by the the regression. So. It was not so great. Um, there was some kind of issues with the test, but we've took some actions. Uh, we to transform the, the spaceship into a real pyramid, real Egyptian pyramid. Mm -hmm. So we took some actions um, uh, with the whole team, even with the product owner. I mean, in the workshop about tests and pains and prides and uh, test vocabulary, 
test vocabulary, I invited the product owner of the project because he wanted to, I wanted him to share his pain too. And his pain was important, but different from the, the software development team because mm -hmm. the product owner was uh, explaining that he takes too much time to check each feature and uh, each previous feature to be sure nothing is broken. And mm -hmm. it was not if it's uh, a guy to to spend all of it, all of his time to just check if the software development team did not broke anything. It was not good. You mean check for regressions? Yep, that's mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. So we took some actions, um, not sprint action, but more like marathon actions. I mean, um, I didn't want to to stop the project. I uh, and it was not a, it was not an option. We wanted to add new features, sprint after sprint. Um, we don't want to stop the project for one sprint or two and and say, oh, okay, let's take our technical depth and and let's write tests for one month. It's not good for the class, for the customer or product owner or the software development team because uh, it's it's not fun to just write tests. It's fun to add feature and tests, but just add tests, it's not really fun. If <laughs> you do that for a week or two weeks or, or more. So we had a few actions like, um, and for example, we've decided to uh, to delete um, the next the next uh, GUI test which fails because of randomness, and no, not just delete it, delete it, but to replace the test and um, get down, get below in the pyramid. So to replace, uh, for example, one GUI test uh, with uh, multiple unit tests. So we had to check, uh, we had to check which part of the code is by the test, which, which, is, which is random. And uh, we had to check if uh, there are, there was, um, um, unit tests and integration tests to cover it and then to delete it. Mm -hmm. And one, one another action was to just ask ourselves question with uh, when we develop, when we develop and when we do some code reviews, like um, when I add a new GUI test, the question I had to, I have to ask myself is, uh, can I test uh, another way with another tool? Um, a bad, a bad idea. Uh, pre previous by the E was to um, use GUI test to test for. It was to to use GUI test to test JavaScript instead of doing JavaScript unit testing with Jasmine or whatever what framework, and it was kind of an issue about that too. Um, another action we took was to rename 
unit uh, rename test classes. So when we find uh, some test which runs without any framework, which run just with a uh, Mokito, we so we on Java, um, we add a suffix. So instead of a my service test, it was my service u test mm -hmm. for. Uh, for the integration test, the same way, um, if uh, if we see that the test class loads a Spring context or was not unit because uh, because the code was not evaluated, um, we had uh, the int suffix. So we had the my service int test for integration test. Um, it helps to to see in which um, in which test you are working on um, because um, because most of the time there was just one class uh, one test class and uh, we put uh, we some different kinds of tests was put in in the same class so we had the unit test uh, mixed with the integration test so when you look at the test you don't really know if okay this is unit but uh, do we do we really need spring or not or can uh, this uh, test work uh, with or without this uh, this object uh, so it was not uh, really uh, really really Clear. So mm -hmm. we took those actions, and the, it was like um, we've done those actions for the last four months um, with a kind of a boy scout rule. So we've done that uh, when just when we work on a feature on or when uh, when we saw it on code reviews. So we didn't want to spend uh, one week to put tests to add tests or something, but just, uh, just spend one hour um, more maximum on your user story to add tests, just to fix uh, things. So just by voice controls all along for the four months. And uh, we, we trained the whole team at uh, practicing uh, TDD. Mm -hmm. So the whole team had a training one month ago. Uh, so being test-driven development, right? Yep, right. Uh, test-driven development. Uh, three uh, three days training to to share a practice because in eleven in the eleven people of the team, we were three, maybe four, to do TDD. And uh, the six other were not, um, it was not fluent. Um, mm -hmm. Pair programming was um, was kind of a solution for that because you can share the practice, you can, uh, you can train people, you can explain the practice and, um, and show them uh, how is it important and, uh, and why is it important and what, what is the result of a practice like a TDD, and uh, what is what are the difference between uh, test after and TDD? So TDD is not just test before. Yeah. So test after and test uh, and TDD. Um, so we we've trained the whole team um, for th three days, and now um, maybe 
80% of the team uh, is doing TDD each day. So I'm quite uh, um, happy <laughs> about yeah. that because the, um, the spaceship, the previous spaceship uh, is now um, not a real pyramid. Uh, I have some... I have some facts right now. Um, so, four months uh, unit tests. We four months ago we we have we had twenty uh, percent of unit tests. Now we have about fifty percent of unit tests. Okay, great. Now uh, uh, for integration tests, we we went from fifty uh, percent to forty percent, and the GUI test was the main part. Uh, we went from uh, 30% to 10%. But it's just percentage. If we look at the number of unit tests, uh, which is very important, we we are now are at 1,300 unit tests. And before, we, four months ago, we, we were at uh, 200. So, wow. It was a, it seems like it's... Um, amazing or, or, or something, but it's not, it's just little actions uh, day after day, uh, boy scout rule every time, uh, code review every time, um, pair, pair programming, extreme programming, all the extreme programming practices uh, we've done in that team and there is a result, just not feelings about that. It's just not uh, if if we ask uh, our developers if they are more happy about the code, more confident, more um, ju- just uh, just more happy, it's, it's just fine. Um, mm-hmm. They will answer yes, but for a manager, for the, your customer, it's very important to to prove that uh, those uh, actions, those both good rules, have a really uh, interest. And um, we've reduced we've reduced the number of bugs uh, on the application, and uh, we we had we add um, each time the same um, each uh, sprint. Sorry, the same um, number of features. And six months, four months ago, six months ago, it was it was like a year of sprint. We had a five new features, then another one new feature, then another 10 new features. It's what it was not stable. So mm-hmm. we stabilized the, the, the product about business and features. And uh, we, we can share that with, uh, with our customer. Uh, all those uh, facts about the tests, about pyramids, um, I print it. I do charts. I make a charts about it every sprint. At the end of the sprint, I print it and I um, pin it on our Kanban. So the whole team see the whole team see the their work mm-hmm. about uh, those boys good rules, and the, our customer and our product now can see it too, and they can see the improvement uh, about the software and 
And uh, about also about the continuous integration, we went from uh, two hours of build and uh, to now we are 20 minutes. So we divide it by five, maybe six. So with what it, it's, it's a kind of a big and long battle, <laughs> but uh, well, uh, it was it. I don't. Um, when I arrived on this uh, project, uh, when I arrived on this project, I, it I feel it like challenging. Um, now I think uh, I'm. It was quite of a challenge, but now it's. I mean, I could um, exit this team. I could uh, change uh, of the mission. I could. I couldn't. Uh, some other guy could be the tech lead or I could just not be here. It will be fine. And uh, I want you to do that. It's so, back on the right tracks. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. So for newbies, for example, um, a takeaway for newbies um, would like to focus on unit tests, focus on the TDD practice. Uh, it, I think in focus on the code review practice, I think it's the more important things when you want to be pride about your code and want to do better code. And when we, you want to be a good software developer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it sounds really interesting how all this um, focusing on this kind of produced um, effects in, uh, in many of the different areas. It's kind of, of was just a one, one crystallization of the problems. And by yep. focusing on this one, you, you get all the rest sorted out. That's kind of amazing. Yep. It's not just technical stuff. It's, uh, it's also uh, business stuff, in fact. Mm -hmm. And like the recipe you, you, you gave me, um, or you gave us, um, if, mm -hmm. I, if I can summarize this, uh, first starting with about speaking about the pains and then mm -hmm. um, getting a common vocabulary. Uh, what are we actually talking about? Then... Um, um, how do I identify those um, items we discussed in the vocabulary? So in your case, it's a unit test, integration test, and, and GUI tests. Um, then each time you start um, thinking or, or handling a test, you have to th uh, think, uh, can I do it differently? Can I test this differently? Meaning, can I test this one layer uh, below, maybe? And um, then slowly move things around, uh, creating safe harbor um, with this um, suffix, so integration or int or u for u test, and slowly moving things around while you're actually producing value for your customer. Mm -hmm. And, and all right. the time um, going forward with um, XP uh, practices mm -hmm. and doing um, high quality work from now on. I, that's amazing. That's a really great um, way of. Uh, of uh, tackling, um, I would say, brownfield project or legacy code. Yep. Or, oh, that's great. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and you, you held a talk about this, right? Yep. Uh, last week in the Software Craftsmanship Meetup. Okay. Uh, at Paris. And how was the reception um, of that in the, in the audience? Uh, I had a few feedbacks, um, good feedbacks, because it was the first time the people... So about measuring your test pyramid and, and the number of tests, I don't give a shit about code coverage, for example. Um, I mean, code coverage is, for me, it's, um, 
it's a non-quality indicator. That means, uh, for example, if you have uh, 60% of code coverage, uh, you, this, the single thing you can say is just that 40% of your code is not tested, is not correct. <laughs> But you don't know about the 60%. You don't know if there is just one test which uh, cross all over the layers of uh, if it's a good unit test. Just the practices uh, can tell you that. And the pyramid, the, the pyramid measurement and the scripting of the, this measurement um, was kind of a fact. It's, it's kind of, of a smell of your uh, your project of your software it's much more interesting for me to have this uh, this pyramid this number of tests uh, than uh, just a code coverage i i can do nothing about uh, with code coverage mm -hmm. okay i'll be sure to add the uh, the the link to your project to your github project uh, in the show notes so people can mm -hmm. have a look at the uh, the script you wrote uh, to generate yeah. those pyramids quite simple just bash a few lines mm -hmm. Great, great, great. Um, we're kind of at the end of our time box, but um, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, want to leave it there without uh, speaking about Octo and the uh, the work you've been doing, and um, uh, the book uh, we received at Encraft. Um, yeah, made a lot of uh, work in there. Do you want to talk about about it a little bit? Yep, sure. One minute. Um, so, like uh, I said before, uh, we have a tribe, um, a software craftsmanship tribe. And for the last two years, we wrote a book, uh, which is called uh, Culture Code, uh, in French only for um, right now. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a we we it's kind of a book uh, about all software craftsmanship practices, and it's the I think it's the first book about uh, those things in French. Um, For example, I really loved uh, the software craftsman from uh, Sandro Mancuso or the pragmatic programmer. And, but those kind of books doesn't really exist in French. So we've, we've mashed it up and uh, we, we've put a lot of uh, experience, two years of experience in our project to, or things uh, which uh, worked, things which uh, didn't work. Uh, so two years of uh, projects, software development projects at Octo Technology, and we've put it in the, this book to sp spread um, our feelings, our passions, and uh, and we are pride of what we are doing uh, with our customer, and uh, we want to, we wanted to share it and how we do it with other people. So that's why we, we gave it, uh, we gave this book at uh, the Endcrafts conference uh, three weeks ago. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, beside the, uh, the, uh, the French book, which uh, only French mm -hmm. people will, will <laughs> um, yeah. enjoy, unfortunately, I find it really interesting um, that you guys have been working on the side in, in, um, in your company while being on customer um, projects. Mm -hmm. So uh, kind of, of um, uh, brainstorming and, and continuously improving yourself um, as a group or as a tribe, as you call that, and that uh, such a book came out of it. Um, this is um, um, a wonderful expression of, um, of a developer journey, um, I think. So 
working all together toward this goal. That's um, that's really great. Congratulations for that. That's, that's a really good book. If you do speak French, um, get in touch with Octo. Um, you won't regret it. Thank you. Um, well, did we miss anything? Do you want um, to say something else? Did we uh, forget one topic? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. Great, great, great. Um, there was a lot of uh, great gems. Uh, this recipe, um, I have to uh, to print it out and uh, give it to some of my colleagues, actual colleagues. Uh, it's going to be really helpful here. <laughs> Thank you very much I for hope that. So. <laughs> um, well, great. Then um, I guess we uh, will have to speak in a few um, in a few months or a few years um, to see where those Octo tribes um, are now uh, going to, and maybe for your next book. Do you have any other uh, planned? Um, just a plan in Paris. Uh, we I'll be speaking in the Paris Web Paris Web uh, 2000 uh, this year. So um, mm-hmm. conference in uh, September or October about okay. uh, so software craftsmanship and uh, software development. So oh, okay, okay, cool. So uh, if anyone is coming to Paris, um, they should drop by. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I mean, um, then thank you very much for your time. That was really enjoyable. Thank you, Tim. Uh, I hope we, could, we can do that someday again. Yeah, sure. With pleasure. <laughs> thank you very much and then have a good evening. Yeah. Thank you. Bye, Tim. Bye-bye. <laughs>